who I really think it could be. And I wouldn't be disappointed. It's just not who I would want. And a lot of people would want this, this guy here. I think Sora from Kingdom Hearts, the main character who wields the Keyblade, I really think that he will be or could be the character. I really think that he will be or could be the character. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 254. Sometimes that's just, just a- when you say it out loud, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Sometimes it just doesn't hit until it hits. <laughs> we podcast and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matoro. Venom? Oh, boy. <laughs> we got words. God, words. Dude, almost 300 if you count the interviews. It's actually like probably like 299. Like this crazy. I almost don't even believe you. <laughs> That's unbelievable, man. How many episodes you and I have done together. But we are here tonight for episode 254. We got a doozy of a twosie going on tonight. I cannot believe how much shit we have to talk about. Um, we got reviews, we got impressions, we got everything. So let's start here. Picks of the week, trivia, 10, uh, 12 for me, 10.5 for you. I could win tonight and move and, on. And, you know, and the question, I'm, I'm all open it up. I, <laughs> I, I want you to get this, bro. I uh, want you to. Sam's going to start in gaming where we discuss the final Smash character ever. Well, at least for Ultimate. Did, can, we, did Greg get it right? Yes or no? Well, yes, but that's neither here nor there. If you remember last week, I changed my guess. Don't worry. The audio of that led off the show tonight just to remind all of our listeners. <laughs> you sandbagging son of a bitch. <laughs> of the flex of it's not Master Chief, it's blank. So we're going to talk about that. We have. Uh, Is that why it took so long? What? <laughs> Is that what? I, I thought that's why you were gone a couple seconds. Maybe you were setting it up. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm just going to edit it in from last week. I, I already have the time. All right, all right. I already have the time code. It's going to be our open for the show, or was our open for the show. Uh, we have our top three favorite Super Smash Bros. fighters of all time. We got 90 of them to choose from. So lots of fun there. Then the reviews and impressions kick off. And remember when we'd have a review, that's IGN's review that we read just so you have an idea of the, you know, the score and some things about it. When we have impressions, that means that either you, I, or both of us have played, watched, or seen it, listened to it, whatever. And that's our thoughts. So we have a review for Metroid dread. We have impressions for super monkey ball, banana mania reviews for Alan Wake remastered far cry six, the Nintendo switch OLED edition, Nintendo all-star brawl, and so much more stuff. So crazy gaming section. I'll take back over in movies where we talk about our impressions of the many saints of Newark. Again, impressions, Sam's impressions. We haven't even talked about it. Oh, we don't know each other's thoughts on that movie yet. Yeah. We haven't spoken. Uh, Sam from his open apparently has words to talk about venom. Let there be carnage. That'll be his impressions. I do not have them yet. I've not seen the film. Uh, We have trailers for dragon ball, super superhero and resident evil. Welcome to raccoon city. Before we go into TV with Peacemaker's first look, House of the Dragon's first look, a brand new spinoff on Disney Plus, and David Chase staying on HBO. Before we end it off with Pokemon and Universal Studios and Sam CGCTCG. What a loaded episode. Uh, But let's start where we customarily do with our picks of the week. Okay, I'm sure you heard of this show. It, it It basically took over. Oh, no, we have the same pick of the week. You, you finished Squid Game? Oh, my God, dude. It's my pick of the week, too. No, I'm halfway through. 
I'm on, I'm on episode God. five. It's my pick of the week as well. Let's just talk about he it real quick. Said, okay. This freaking no, show. No spoilers at all, though, because these folks, mm. if you haven't watched it yet, I, don't I, give anything away because you got to watch it for yourself. I feel like we're late to the party because like, I felt like I, I saw this for like a week or two. Like, oh, my God, you got to see it. I was like, all right, let me let me see what this is about. And, and then after the first fucked up episode, I was like, I'm hooked. <laughs> um, I was hooked, dude. I was hooked. And it's it's so far. I'm halfway through. And boy, how does it paid off? It's so funny. I had a feeling I was like, what if we both have squid game? Well, if you, if you saw my IG the last two, three days, I had oh, two I memes not. from the show that it was like basically when IG and Facebook went down, the scene where he's holding him up in the game. Oh, is like yeah, Twitter, yeah. And then, you know, IG <laughs> and everything. That's and funny. Then, I didn't see that. And then the other one is like, you know, do I buy comics, this, this, that, or save? And it was it was uh, number one when he was in the green light, red light thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, number one's a great character. I feel like his voice. Oh, by, let, let's say this. Have you watched it in English dub or Korean uh, with English sub? I think it was I think it was dubbed. You watched I it. Think in I, English? I'm pretty sure I watched it. Yeah, I think so I did it. I. And like with Parasite, another Korean. Project, I still, I, it, I'm still slacking on it's that. So film. good. It's so good. I watched that subbed because I just wanted the authentic experience. But it's a two hour movie or yeah. whatever with Squid Game because it's nine episodes an hour each. I, I said, honestly, let me go for the I, dub. I'll go, I'll go back. Like, let's say I did the same thing with Roni Kenshin. Like I watched it in dubbed and then I watched it as it was intended. Like, you know, like just so I can like first I can hear it in English and then, I'll you know, because when you're reading the text, you, it kind of takes away a little bit. You know yeah. I mean? there, so there I, I don't want to pay attention with this type of show. I want the context clues and I want to watch. I don't want to be stuck like kind of reading. Yeah. The show is that crazy. Um, there's also you could tell that the or the dubbed um, transcript or whatever. Um, uh, translation is a little off because in one episode, there's a guy who infiltrates it. Let's just say he's a kid who infiltrates this thing and yeah. he takes notes on his phone. And when he takes notes on his phone, the subtitles pop up of what he's writing. And then he also says it out loud and he says something different than what the subtitles say. So, you know, there's going to be these little subtle. Uh, and yeah. plus I also read something that there's a piece of the English dub that is like way off that almost changes the way you think about an episode based on, I don't know if that's true or if I just came across it on Twitter where everything happens to be right. Cause Twitter is fantastic for that. Uh, but I am also probably going to rewatch it subbed late, yeah. like later, but this show is so wild. It has captivated me, man. It, captivated. It, 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 I, I think they definitely took inspiration from the movie battle Royale. Yeah. If you remember that movie, which and the hunger games, that's the obvious comp. Yeah. And you know, you know, it was written and directed by Huang Dong Hyuk. And I like I'm sure you might have heard that it was rejected for ten years. Yeah. So it's just like, kind of crazy that it, it took ten years and then now it's the number one film or number one you know TV series around the world. Well, it's, talking about it, it's gotten so popular that an ISP in South Korea is suing the uh, country of South Korea because of all the people using internet to watch the show. So oh it's yeah, it I, is I, I, wild. I read that they're shutting down the number that they showed. Like yeah, they already did. Off they already did. Oh, it's already done. Okay. Yeah. I went back and watched today that that scene in the first episode, the business card. It, it's, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny. It's, you know, it's nine episodes. Episodes eight is only a half hour. Oh, the rest, cool. The rest are all like, you know, 58 minutes, an hour. So, so I'm, ass I'm assuming it's a setup, short. like a setup episode for a big finale. I don't know. Don't even tell me. I'm just going to assume. But like I said, I'm on episode six right now. So um, still, I, still not signed for season two. No, and, and I don't know the ending, so I can't even comment who lives, who doesn't. Well, 
No, I don't, again, I don't want to give away anything with this Just show. I'll say there's 456 players. And, and they're going to play some games. They're going to play some games. And, and it's a hard R. Definitely a hard R. I, I will say this. It is not as gory as I thought. Given the premise, and I actually saw the first game, which is what the reason I watched the show, uh, the, the a video of the first game, a doll turning its head and something happening. Red light, I, saw, light. I saw that on Twitter, what happens to the the people. Uh, so that was actually spoiled for me, but it was spoiled in a good way where I was like, okay, now I got to go watch. And when I watched it, I expected more gore and more this and more that. And I, a lot of times they, when things happen, it, they, it, they happen it, just far away enough where you can't see the I gruesomeness. Say, it had, ver- like you said, a few scenes that, you know, you would think it would be more gory, but I think they had one or two that you were like, Oh shit. Well, like, there's a, know, there, there's yeah. an eyeball at a certain yeah. point. There's yeah, a doctor. There's definitely one that you just kind of like, Oh, you know, you just yeah. kind of get that quick. But like, I was, I went in blind. I, all we saw was like the little trailer. Yeah. Of, you know, you know, that Netflix gives you. And I was like, all right, we got to watch this. So yeah. I really hope it gets signed for season two. Cause I had a blast for these nine episodes. It's one of those shows that takes over the internet for a while and is actually worth it. And I'll say this tiger King, was kind of worth it. It's just I never want to watch it again. It was like I finally saw it. It was cool, and now I'm kind of done with it. This yeah. show has a like, oh, like Tiger King Two's coming out. I'm begrudgingly going to watch that. If this gets signed okay. for season two, like I'm in. It's the it's a different kind of hooked. It's a good kind of hooked as opposed to a bad kind of. Hooked. For those who yeah, don't let, know, let, just let, just let me know what you what you think of the ending. Will do. For those who don't know, high level, no spoilers. A guy is very down on his luck, is in debt, and is offered a way to get out of debt. And like Sam said, four hundred and sixty-eight, and sees a chi- uh, a childhood friend. Yeah, there you go. Um, and and uh, four hundred fifty plus people are also in the same situation and are also offered a way to get out of this debt and. It's the journey of that, and they play kids' games, and that's that. And uh, it's totally worth it. It's yeah. wacky. It's zany. It's funny. It's not funny. <laughs> uh, I loved it so much. I'm so glad you you had. I, that. I love number one. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. He's my favorite. That's my boy. It's my boy. Besides the main character, he's my favorite. I think yeah. um, the main girl is really good, and the snake tattoo man. Uh, yeah. gives me the heebie-jeebies at points, but especially when there's a scene in a bunk bed. But yeah, other than that, man, I love oh, it. J- just wait, just wait. It, it's one of those rare shows that's worth it. It's worth yeah, the hundred percent. This is for one kind of coming out of left field. When you're talking contender top three, this is in conversation. And it's so cool that you and I had the same top three, or I'm sorry, t- same pick of the week without a single mention of it of it to each other. Yeah, I- I'm shocked. I was wondering that if you were going to see my story, like, oh, that's going to be his pick of the week. Yeah, like, had, even no, looks, had no idea. I love it. I had no idea that was even your story. I'm not a story guy. Like, I don't look at stories. I love often. that. Yeah. Love that. So uh, there's that. That's our picks of the week. Let's move into trivia. It's 12 for me, 10 and a half for you. I'm going to give you the question first since you said you give me a layup. I don't oh, think – I doubt a, it's actually going to be a slam, layup. This is a slam dunk. Break the glass of the backboard. I also kind of think that uh, mine is very easy for you too, and I think you're you're very much going to get it. Uh, right, because before I watched Squid Game, I had another pick of the week lined up, and I had my trivia based on that. I think this question will – help you think what my pick of the week would have been if I didn't watch Squid Game. Who did Steve Blum voice in the Tokyo Pop version of Initial D? Of Initial D? Yeah, Steve Blum is a voice of a main character in Initial D. Who is it? What are the names? 
Rai Takahashi, KT Takahashi, Iggy, or Tak Fujiwara? Tak Fujiwara. You know that's the main character. No, no, wait, that's no, not what uh, B. Say the name. Say say his name again. <laughs> it's B. Is it Rai Takahashi, KT Takahashi, Iggy, or Tak? Yes, that's correct. Okay, cool. I, I should. I just went my gut. I don't know why I changed, but I was like Takahashi. I was like, oh wait, no, that's the main character. So, uh, which should which should hopefully. Um, but I still don't think it's going. Even though we're only a point, you could still win here, which I, yeah. you know, I fully expected and, and kind of won. I, you deserve it, my friend. Well, I hope that you know that my pick of the week was going to be Cowboy Bebop. Did you finish? I'm 13 episodes in. I'm on look episode 14. At, look, look at you. I, I'm kind of pissed that you watching Bebop and you're, you, don't, you didn't watch Trigun. That hurts me a little bit. I tried it. Okay. I tried Trigun. I got through an episode and a half. I didn't I hate it. I just kept falling asleep. I didn't hate it, though. Okay. But, Bebop's right. wild, dude. It's yeah, fucking wild. The first episode, somebody's got shit in their eye. And the second episode, there's some. The second episode is my favorite with the dog and the tall man. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm fucking. Just, in. just, just keep going. You're, you're in for a nice treat. <laughs> I'm halfway there. I'm halfway there. I don't know if I'm going to watch the movie, but I really, really enjoy the show so far. All right, here you go. Here's your slam dunk. How many movies did Daniel Craig play James Bond? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't care about James Bond. Uh, no Time to Die, Casino Royale, Spectre, Spect, Spect, Spect something, and this one. So four. Incorrect. It was five. Oh, what's what's the one I'm missing? You missed one. You missed Quantum of Solace. Ah, I never would have gotten that. What am it, I it, right it, with Spectre or something? No, you you were right for Spectre, but there was like I feel like Quantum Assault was the one that kind of was like, I didn't really care for that storyline. Okay, I but, haven't seen any of them except for the first quarter of Casino Royale, and I didn't love it. See, so, that's crazy because I still consider Casino Royale my favorite Bond. A lot of people do, and I, I don't know, it. I don't know. I, again, I was in a weird headspace when I watched that movie. Like, dude, it was, give it a rewatch. Like, dude, it's poker. Like, and, and it came out when we when we were playing poker heavy back then, so maybe that's why I kind of even like went in even harder on it. Before my second daughter was born, anybody that knew me for those nine months knew I was just a shell of a man <laughs> with all the th- this shit going yeah. on. So I just wasn't really in a great headspace yeah. for, for movies. Well, but I'll, I'll give Casino Royale another shot. After you're finished, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bebop's really good. I'm really excited about it. And I won't make it my pick of the week next week and cop out. Just everybody know that Bebop is super good. I'm trying to prepare myself for the Netflix show. Uh, I you know should watch the movie when you're done. Animated. Okay, fuck yeah. it. Fine. <laughs> You've convinced I mean, I me. Don't Blu-ray if you need it. You've convinced me. Before we get into gaming, though, I do want to bring something up that uh, <clears throat> I think is really important to talk about. And it's something that you and I don't talk about all, basically at all. And it's a call to action for our listeners. We need your help. Um, this is, you can call it e-begging. I, I swear to God, it's not e-begging. We are just here to give you, um, again, a call it a call to action, if you will. We need your help. Uh, we have lost a significant amount of patrons, which I write every one of our patrons who leaves a thank you, a personalized thank you, because I'm not here to say, why'd you leave? Da, da, da. Yeah, we need your money. I just appreciate anybody who's ever given a cent or just their time listening to us to the show. But we have always said that, you know, we cannot do this show without you. You all out there with your kind patronage and donations and stuff like that, you pay 
for this show to happen and to stay free, basically. Yeah, we, we, we were never kidding. Like, you know, you guys help. Like, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it, it costs money to keep everything run, to keep your episodes there on the internet, to keep everything there. And, you know, we, we are always the truth. Like, without you guys, there wouldn't be a show. And, I we, like, legitimately, we could have, we could do this show for free, but we could only have three episodes at a time on our feed, which is BS. We don't want that. You don't want that. Nobody wants that. Um, so without your help, we're really kind of up the creek and we would start to have to put ads on the show. That's what we say, like do the show for free. It's not going to cost you money to do this, to, to listen to the show, but we would have to start putting ads in because the ad revenue would then help out with the money to, uh, do the show, basically continue doing the show that we do. And that those ads would be 90 seconds in the beginning, 90 seconds in the middle and 90 seconds at the end. That's a lot of ads. That's, about yeah, that 200 that's it's about 270 more seconds than i i'm comfortable with i don't like putting ads i don't like listening to ads i hate ads but that's a way for us to continue to do this pod the way we do the pod so uh our ask is simple if you could be so kind as to a dollar i don't care whatever you can afford a dollar per month two dollars per month whatever uh if you could Subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash we pod squad. It is in the notes. I'm sorry, in the description of this episode, wherever you're listening to it, a link to it is right there. Um, if you do that, any patron that signs up, I'm going to begin putting the show up. If we ever have to go to ads, I'm going to begin putting the show up there ad free. So if you're a patron for even a dollar, whatever, a month, if you can manage that, I know money is tight now with the pandemic. Uh, you'll get the show for free, ad-free uh, on Patreon that way. If not, again, totally cool. We just would have to eventually put ads in the show. We're going to hold off on that as long as humanly possible. Uh, we've always said if we get to 10 plus patrons, we'll start doing bonus episodes, You know, blah, blah, blah. We got plans for all that stuff, but it starts with you guys, and we would really appreciate it if you could just consider it. You don't have to do it. Just consider going to our Patreon and helping the pod out uh, any way you possibly can. That would be phenomenal. I'll leave it at that. Um, again, we would really appreciate your help. I don't want to put ads on this show. I fucking hate ads. Yeah. Simple oh, God, that. yeah. Now, with, with all with all that done and said, let's finally start. We have a huge gaming section. Of course, we got to talk about the big one off the bat. We got the final Smash character. 89, I think, characters later, we can finally say that Sora from Kingdom Hearts is in Smash, which is... God, who would have ever thought a Disney character would have been in fucking Nintendo? How much game? money was involved in that deal? Just to get, did you watch the trailer, the reveal trailer for Sora? Yeah, I did not. I did not. I didn't even get a chance. It's hauntingly dark and gorgeous. And there's a part where Mario picks up a fireball and throws it, and the fireball turns into Sora's Keyblade. And at the end of Sora's Keyblade, he has a Mickey Mouse head as like a dangly little keychain. And that's how they revealed it with the Mickey Mouse head. It's instantly oh, iconic. Wow, you would awesome. know. Do you know how much money they had to pay just to get that Mickey Mouse head? Because there is no mention of Donald, Goofy, Mickey Mouse, anywhere else in the trailer, in the stage, nothing. And so, and by the way, the Keyblade in the game has the Mickey Mouse head. So when you play a Sora, Mickey Mouse is on your costume. And like just that oh, alone wow. yeah. must have cost them just it's boatloads. Like just that little Nike check bar. You pay for that little ad, you're paying for Mickey. Oh my God, dude. You're paying for the mouse. So for Sakurai to get Sora, which Master Chief was my number one. I said it last week. Crash was my number two. Sora was my number three. Well, Waluigi really was my number three, but I didn't think that was going to happen. Sora was kind of my number three. 
it happened. I changed my prediction to be Sora. You heard it in the opening of this podcast, which is, you know, a little bit of a flex, but it's so, <laughs> it's just so cool that smash went out just the best way possible. I'm so elated to say that Sora finally made it. Um, and you said that's 90 characters. It's 89. I think total. Holy shit. If you break up the Pokemon trainer into three, like squirt alive, it's, but it's high eighties regardless, which is just wild. It's so just, the next one will probably come out 2023. Oh no, dude. <laughs> if he doesn't take a five year break, where do you go from here? Like, where do you go from Sora and Sephiroth and Banjo? And well, like, you know, you have to create another one. There's no way they're going to just like, ah, you're I, not I, wrong, but I don't I, think you put he needs it on a break. Switch. He, he needs a break big time. And I would not be shocked. A it's not coming to switch. Whatever the Switch's successor is. That's when we'll get a new smash. I'm thinking six years minimum well didn't you say the same thing for mario kart and no i've always thought of mario kart 9 because mario kart 8 is a deluxe it's a wii u game i think a mario kart on switch like a standalone switch title would make sense um with smash smash ultimate is a switch game it's not a port of smash for wii u or anything like that so i think one per console kind of makes sense there also i wouldn't be shocked if sakurai is not doing it like give the guy a forever break he has just created a top 10 video game of all time. 15. It's the best smash bros game of all time. It's the greatest. It's the greatest crossover of all time. It, there's so much that went into this. Just like, what was it? It's over one. I think there's over 1000 game franchises in the game between spirits and assist trophies and fighters and music and stages. There's over a hundred stages. Like how many years has that game been in like total development? Well, I don't know. It's a good Probably question. 10 years. I don't know. It was announced March of 18 and smash for Wii U and 3ds came out, I think in 15. So probably maybe 14. So right. I would say it probably this four years. So let, let, let someone else direct the next one. He's, he's worked on smash since 64 smash was his idea. It was like a dragon fighter. And then he went to Nintendo with it. It was a stock garbage 3D fighting game. And Nintendo said, why don't you put Mario in it? And that's how it was born. It became the greatest commercial of all time. The me and you. And you had Mario bonking DK over the head and tripping Yoshi. Greatest commercial of all time. You fast forward 25 years later or something. And now we're here with 90 characters. Sora being the last one, just undeniably huge. One of our listeners put on Facebook, the price is right. Dun, dun, dun. And it's like, imagine thinking that, my friends. Imagine thinking yeah. that this was a bad way to end it. Was, it was honestly perfect and it was really neat. And I'm, I'm messing with you. Uh, I'm messing with you, CV, as we'll call him. He's a good dude. Uh, maybe Master Chief will be on the next game. I, I hope so because they ain't got nowhere else to go. Like, <laughs> if Master Chief, Waluigi, Crash, Rayman, everybody else, uh, like, the coolest part about this was, and then we'll move on, is in the 40-minute presentation of Sora, Sakurai said, hey, six years ago when we did that fan poll of who do you want to be in Smash, we listened because Sora won it, and we just couldn't tell you about it because we negotiated for five years to get him. Wow. And so they listened to the fans. So the fans said Sora won, and uh, Bayonetta was like three, I think. And uh, what a nice way to bow out, you know what I mean? It's just crazy that they negotiated for so long. They made it happen. He looks awesome. He's got a Kingdom Hearts one costume stock. It it looks so fun. So I went and bought the Fighters Pass. I did not buy this Fighters Pass before this. I didn't think it was worth the money. 
Um, I like Kazuya. I like Min Min. I like Sephiroth, but I was like, nah, after this. Yeah. I want to play as Sora. So I went and bought the fighters pass. So now I have every smash fighter ever in this game, which is just crazy. we We wanted to pay tribute to smash and we won't see it for a long time. And so we wanted to pay tribute to smash with our top three favorite smash fighters of all time. This is from, you know, Smash 64 all the way through Ultimate. Now, granted, Ultimate has every fighter ever. So really, it's Ultimate's roster. But a lot of our memories will come from the older games, specifically 64. So we'll start it off with our top three. Sam, what's your number three favorite Smash Bros. fighter of all time? See, I my number three is someone I've never even played with. Go for it. It's Sephiroth. Yeah. He, he's just so badass. I mean, it, it makes like you want to have a guy who has, does he have a sword? It makes, okay, you want to have him? I understand it. But like my other two obviously will be N64 because that's what I grew up playing. But just to have someone who's like badass cool to have him in a Super Smash game who you wouldn't even think that's awesome. I agree. Sephiroth and dude, it was he was announced at the Game Awards this past December. I was out to dinner for my nephew's confirmation and I was like, don't tell me, don't tell me. And you texted me it. And I was like, oh, my no. God, that's right. I ruined it. <laughs> you oh ruined it. God. I was like, no. I said, Sam, I'm not watching live. I was so upset. But it's uh, okay because it was Sephiroth. It's not like it was Waluigi or like a character I was dying for. But I went home. I watched the trailer. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. He cuts Galeem in half. He's got the one-winged angel. His final smash is insane. So, yeah, Sephiroth just like, it was cool when Cloud got in. It was even cooler though when Sephiroth got in. I'll of give course, you. I mean, like Cloud's cool, but like Sephiroth's like the next level. Yeah, my my number three is not a favorite fighter for me to fight with. It's actually my favorite. See? What I was like, see, like we kind of both went different on our number three. Like, we yeah, swerved a little bit. This was my favorite announcement of a fighter, and my mm-hmm. favorite, like, oh my god, this is real. Like, uh, anything's possible. Mega Man. Ah, dude. I mean, you- nostalgia classic i'm i'm a mega man nerd i'm i was i was a mega man 2 speedrunner mega man one of my all-time favorite classic franchises um and that was the 2013 smash for wii u he was announced or 2000 i think 13 or early 14 and i was like wait a minute mega man is in smash to the point where i made it my facebook cover page or profile picture whatever like on my personal one, it's that how much I loved it so much. And it wasn't like the greatest reveal trailer like they are now. It wasn't this big thing. It was him on top of a cliff. He comes up, he lights up and boom, there you go. And I was like, oh my God, if Mega Man can make it, anyone can. So from a hype perspective to bring one of my favorite characters into Smash and make anything possible, it opened up so many doors for me for Smash. I got to give my hat to Mega Man. I like playing as him, but he was never my main. He's buddies. He's classic, so it makes sense. My number two, I gotta go. My girl Samus. She's so good in that game. I just was playing as her this morning. So I mean, good. what's funny is growing up, like I never really played the Metroid games. Like I just I, beat Super Metroid today. So oh, that's awesome. So it's a, but the only time I ever played was Super Smash. Yeah, so, but I, I I think it was just because her energy blast reminded me of DBZ. So sure, I think that's sure. just kind of why I went with her. And and she's a badass. Yeah, that charge beam is wild. I mean, like. On Smash 64, how many characters could actually char- like? Could you hold B, charge beam, and, you know, and have a big giant? DK, play? You know what I mean? Yeah, and it was, I, I agree. Samus is a classic character, and she was your main for a while. My my number one and two, you're gonna be like, yeah, these are yep, these are his go to too. Your number one's Link. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> Well, guess what? Come on. Guess what? My 
my number but, two and my number one are my two mains too. So, but I, I was going to say another game that I really never played: Legend of Zelda, and I just never played it. it but I always played Link in Super Smash. It that's made no what, sense. But that's what Smash does: it opens your eyes to other franchises, and you might not ever play the games, but you now know the characters and can appreciate them. I've never beaten Mother Three. I've never played it because it's never been released officially in English. Yeah but I know all about Lucas and I know all about it. And like, it got me into earthbound and stuff like that. So, you know, but psh, it's, it's crazy. I didn't play earthbound until six years ago. And it's, you know, just the lore alone made it one of my favorite games. Yeah. I didn't play it till it was released on Wii U. So, uh, there's that I'm with you. My number two and my number one are both mains for me. My number two is my first ever main on smash 64. My number one is my main. Currently my number two is Pikachu. Yeah, um, I know you're number one. Yeah. And so it's either one or two. You're going to rotate him. And, and Pikachu is my first ever main. He's basically, it's all I used in smash 64. Sometimes I dabbled in link. Sometimes I dabbled in captain Falcon and Ness. I never liked Kirby or Jigglypuff, but I, I basically mained Pikachu and I would spam his little Pikachu, the little spam and B and then Pika with the down B lightning bolt. Boy, howdy was I annoying to play as in smash 64. You get me mm. at Saffron city. I was a pain in my in, in your ass, I should say. Uh, Pikachu, I have great memories. I still play as them every now and again, but with 90 fighters, you kind of, you know, you want to switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, my number one is my current main and the person I go to. Man, he sucks in the air, but boy, how do I love Little Mac. Um, the Punch-Out games are some of my favorites. I'd give anything to get a Punch-Out game back. I love Punch-Out. But yeah, uh, Little Mac is just such a hard hitter. He's fantastic. He's fast as shit. He's just terrible at recovery. He's terrible in the air, but he's one of the first fighters that introduced a different mechanic than just go fight. He has a KO meter atop of his character that as you're punching, it fills up and then you hit B and it gives one final big KO punch to knock you off the stage. That's not even his final smash. That's just a KO punch. So it, it like kind of opened up different ways for you to introduce characters and fighting styles and stuff like that. And little Mac, I loved him on three DS. He's actually my favorite place to play and was on the three DS. Um, but little Mac is still my go-to uh, what six years later from smash from three DS and Wii U. So boy, howdy. I love little Mac. Uh, so that's that. That's our top three favorite smash fighters of all time. I cannot wait until Sora comes out October 18th. Next up, we have 10 Kingdom Hearts games are coming to Nintendo Switch via cloud gaming. Yeah, it's three games, but like inside the three games are 10 games. I'm not going to go through it all, but it's basically every the entire story from Kingdom Hearts from one through three, because one, two and three will be available. But also the smaller titles in between like 258 over three drop distance, something, something. All of those will be in there, and what's not will have cinematic stories to, that you can still catch up on. So uh, the problem is it's via the cloud, which is not on Nintendo. That's actually a Square Enix move. They didn't want to put the development resources to make them fit onto the Switch. They said, ah, just take them, put them on the cloud, and we'll just deal with it there. I hope that this fails, which sucks to say. I hope it fails because I never want another game cloud version ever again. I hate them. I'll never play them. I feel so bad for the people that want to play Kingdom Hearts on the Switch but live out in like Missouri or like Oklahoma and can't because their internet's garbage. Um, I feel terrible. But yeah, if you've ever wanted to play Kingdom Hearts on 
kind of the go. I mean, you have to have an internet connection, so maybe it's at your house. Uh, they're coming to Switch, which is cool, but whatever. Next up, we have a boatload of reviews and an impression. But let's start with, I think, the big one. Metroid Dread, we got the review. Oh, I cannot wait to play this game. It will be in my hands basically by the time this episode drops. I cannot wait. Uh, let's hear what IGN had to say about it. Metroid Dread gets so much right after so many years that I almost fell resentful that we didn't get this game in a few sequels since 2005. But instead, mm. I'm incredibly happy to play a Metroid that is back at the top of its game. Even though it's uh, it's the latest in a decade-old series, in decades-old series, it's actually 30 years old this year, Dread has just enough clever innovation to balance its familiarity. The universally recognizable mix of tough puzzles, tough boss fights, ever-evolving exploration options, and intricate level design that recent games like Hollow Knight and Ori get so right have an origin, and that origin is Metroid. I love these games, but the Metroid team, a mix of old and new developers, has shown that they know how to do it best. Uh, was it a nine? It is a nine. Yeah, that's great to hear. Yeah, I think I just would not be shocked if this is my game of the year. I've just I've watched a couple. Wow. Of spoiler, I've watched already. A, huh? I've watched a couple spoiler free reviews. I've watched the first 10 minutes. I've seen the game and to we launch. Get a lot, we didn't get too much this year, right? Like, so it's not like there's not like huge contenders. Uh, Yeah, like Resident Evil Village, Habroxia, Kennebridge of Spirits, the Gen 4 remakes. So like there's some big stuff. Ah, Metroid blowed him out of the water. But right. I, I have a feeling Metroid might, if nothing else, it will def- probably land in my list. Maybe I just think it has a good chance to be at the top. It just looks so silky smooth. And it launches alongside the OLED, which is... Nintendo finally doing the right thing and marketing a franchise that needs it. They've marketed this game so heavily. It's got an 88 on Metacritic. Like, holy shit. Love that. On over 50 reviews. So it's not like just some couple scores that were high made it like an outlier. This game is solid everywhere. I've yet to see below an 8. Maybe below like a 7.5, I think, is the lowest I saw. But like, my gosh, I am so excited for this game. I cannot wait. You'll get my impressions next week. Now, let's get you what you think of Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. I'm going to keep it very brief. It's a $40 package. It's got a ton of unlockables. I love unlockables in video games. That's why I love Smash Ultimate. It starts with eight characters. You have to unlock the other 90. Uh, so, like, I love that. Um, if I want Sonic or Tails, I got to do enough to earn the in-game coins to then unlock them via the in-game coins. If I want to do this, I want to do that. It's got a story mode. It gets hard as shit around world four. Uh, it's monkey ball. It's monkey ball. I could get, I could unlock the jump and make it a little bit easier. Cause that was a shitty part of monkey ball was introducing the jump, but like, listen, you're a monkey inside of a ball and you collect bananas and get to the goal in increasingly hard levels. If that doesn't sound like up your alley, I don't know what is. It's classic. It's the reason Sega had this as a legacy franchise. It's the reason it's one of the most recognizable games on the planet. It's the reason it launched the GameCube into the, well, 21 million unit kind of shitty seller that it was. But still, I love these games. They deserve your attention. This is just a good monkey ball game. It's so good. It's a mix of one and two in deluxe. So it's kind of a remake of older titles. If you've played those You'll be familiar with it, but it's just, man, in high definition, 60 frames per second, it's just a good, fun game. That's good to hear. Now, we got the review for Alan Wake Remastered. 
Playing Alan Wake Remastered is a bit like taking an old-school horror hardcover off the bookshelf, wrapping it in a glossy dust jacket, and making it look brand new on the surface. But the experience of actually thumbing through it remains the same, and some of the edges have kind of worn off, and it's starting to look a little bit dog-eared. It's therefore fairly inessential for Alan Wake fans, but its consistently menacing atmosphere and clever plot tricks still make for a distinctive survival horror experience for newcomers, even if the advanced action of Remedy's most recent game like Control has left Alan in its wake. Seven? Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, if you've played it before, you don't need to again. If you've never, it's an, ex- it's an essential horror game. That's basically the, okay. the riff. Okay. And I've played Alan Wake before. I yeah. don't remember it, so I'm excited to go back to it. Oh, you are going to go back. Okay. Oh, I'm hell here. yeah, dude. It's a $30 game. Like, shout out to our friend, the Badaholic, who posted it, that he bought the PS5 version. Um, Steve's a nut. He, uh, I, I'm so excited for him to experience it for the first time. Now, we got the long-awaited Far Cry 6 review. Uh, yeah, we sure do. This is divisive. Uh I'm seeing all over the map. I'm that, seeing. This. I was going to say. I was like. I thought I read bad things. Yeah, I've I've read great things, and I've read this is the worst Far Cry game. Like I've I, okay. apparently Ubisoft is the problem here, but we'll see. Far Cry Six is some of the most fun I've had with the series in nearly a decade. But <laughs> no, it, it's not a but. It casts its cast delivers strong performances across an enjoyable story, even if it's fairly predictable. And that uh, let's see. Oh, and despite some faltering new inventory mechanics and a handful of bizarre design choices, it's creative weaponry means taking down an outpost, ransacking a convoy, or even just taking a ride with a buddy has never felt better. Seven. IGN thinks it's an eight. <laughs> I don't know. Mm, I've, I've read not with that review. I've read a lot of things uh, that this game is just cut and paste far cry with Giancarlo Esposito yeah. and we're tired of it. That's what I've heard. But I've also heard it's the best Far Cry ever. So I'm all over the map on this one. I've been out on this game since day one. Yeah. I want no part of it. And this review and other folks' thoughts have done nothing to sway me on this one. I, I just never played Far Cry. I'm sorry. But maybe IG thought better of the Switch OLED. This is the reviewer for this. She said, it's my first time reviewing a piece of tech ever. So take it easy on me. Um, I'm going to take it easy on you. I trust you. you. You do good work. So here we go. After playing with it for a week, I found that the Nintendo Switch OLED's, mo- uh, I'm sorry, the Nintendo Switch OLED models, brighter, more vibrant, and slightly larger screen has made me want to take it out of dock mode much more than I thought, and not just when I'm about to travel. I feel more encouraged to lounge around on the couch or even in direct sunlight in my yard to play games handheld. Uh, The revised kickstand makes playing it on any flat surface easier. The Ethernet-enabled dock makes downloading quicker. While it's a tougher sell for current Switch owners, particularly those that most likely keep their console docked, which we've said before, there are enough revisions to make it an easy recommendation for those who don't own a Switch already. And eight's a solid bet. An eight is a very solid bet. I've seen a bunch of videos of like comparisons. They put their old switch on top of this one and like play the same game at the same time. And it just looks incredibly different. And I cannot wait to do the same and see like a side by side. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to getting this thing in my hands tomorrow, today for all those listening and uh, give my impressions next week. I'm looking forward to hearing the review for Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. This is the Nickelodeon Smash Bros. clone, if anybody out. That's, you know, it's deeper than that, but uh, that's, if you're like, what the hell is this game? Yo, if you wanted to fight as Avril Monsters, was it Umbelina or whatever, versus Reptar, versus 
the Ninja Turtles, this is your game. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl is a very respectable platform fighter that serves as a fun, though far less polished and less fully featured alternative to its competition. The characters and stages feel soulless without the iconic Nickelodeon voice acting. I get it. No voice acting, no show music. I get that. So they can probably feel a little hollow. But All-Star Brawl lands where it hits the most in the fights. If you can look past its underwhelming audio and visuals to see a surprisingly nuanced fighter, then you'll find some real treasure in this pineapple under the sea. I want to say six, but it's probably a seven. That is correct. A seven I mean, would be the right. I mean, that's one. about what we could ask for, right? That's all I could ask for, man. That's it's really a passing good. grade. <laughs> that's fair. Konami reported reportedly developing new games in the Castlevania Metal Gear Solid and Silent Hill series. Any other week, this might lead off the gaming section. It's enormous news, but like I feel like it's almost getting buried this week with Sora and all the other stuff. Um, we've heard long rumored of the Metal Gear Solid you know, remake, but now Bluepoint said they're working on an original title. They might be working on a Bloodborne remake, maybe Bloodborne 2. Maybe it is a new Metal Gear. Who knows what Bluepoint is up to, but I can see that. But apparently... Uh, these three games are going to be made in house by Konami. So like some external help, I believe the silent Hill project. I was going to say, does that mean no remakes or like remastered editions? I have no clue. That's the thing. We don't know if it's going to be new games in the franchise or like remakes, who knows, but like from what I've heard, the silent Hill game, they're getting Kojima involved, which is pretty crazy. Um, they might do silent Hill. I'm sorry. Um, Castlevania all in house. I, I don't know, but Konami is, saying we effed up by going away from gaming all those years ago. Let's get back into it and let's get back into it with the franchises that made us popular. And there's no doubt that these are their three flagship franchises. So three, four years from now, whatever, I'm very excited to dive back into these worlds, especially Castlevania, but I'm not going to lie. I'm not a metal gear guy and I'd like to be. So I'm really, yeah, you, can't sleep, you can't sleep on. You always got to take a peek. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. PS5 have quietly begun free game trials for some huge PS5 titles with one ex- problem. <laughs> with, with one I was problem. Say one exception, one problem. Uh, one problem is that it's UK only. So our friends that listen uh, to you us guess. across the pond, you guys get demos while we over in the States might eventually, but we don't yet. Uh, and those games that they give free trials on, Sackboy, a big adventure for PS5. And Death Stranding, the director's cut for PS5. Uh, pretty wild that those those are two very big first-party games that are getting trials. Now, the trial is not just download it and yeah, go have fun. Everyone's buying it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> uh, the, the trials aren't just download it and go have fun with it. The trials are five and six hours, respectively. So once you start the, the download, this is the problem. Once you start the download, the timer ticks. So if you have slow oh, internet. That sucks. Yeah. If you have slow internet, dude, Death Stranding's huge. So if it takes you an hour and 15 minutes to download it, you only get five hours. You get four now. Like it's, So it's a little rough. They have some kinks to work out. Who would have thought in 2021 companies would have problems with demos? But here we are. Uh, and again, you have to be in the UK. Uh, maybe Europe, but I think it's just the UK. I think that might make its way stateside. But like I've been wanting to try Sackboy, but I don't want to pay $60, $70 for it. If I can get a five, six hour trial, first of all, I'll try to beat it. Second of all, um, that's when I'll be like, all right, you guys got me because I already beat half of it. Now let me just buy the damn game and, and finish it. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll make its way stateside. I just don't know when. A new Ghostbuster game is in development. Cool. Next. <laughs> the last tour we have in gaming, 
The Animal Crossing Direct announced during the September Nintendo Direct has been set for next Friday, October 15th, 10 a.m. Eastern. It'll be 20 minutes long. You'll get your updates. You'll be happy. I still won't play it. Now, I want to apologize for these last two stories. I just got nothing to say on them. Maybe you guys are looking forward to hearing our thoughts. I've just got none. So that that's it for me on the last two gaming stories. Do you have anything to add on the Ghostbusters game? No. At all? Yeah. I didn't the think movie so. Look good. Yeah. It, it, again, I think we even talked about that. That movie trailer was oddly good. Yeah. But speaking of movies, let's move into the movie section with our impressions. We both saw this first one and then Sam will give us impressions of a second one. The many saints of Newark is available now uh, in theaters on HBO max for the entire month of October. First and foremost, Sam, where did you see it? In the theaters or Max? I saw it in theaters. I saw it on Max. Okay, cool. Um, so we have two different perspectives on that of like our, yeah, I guess. I was, was going to say, I was like, I feel like the big screen just gives it that little extra oomph. Yeah, yeah. I, being at home. I did not watch it on an iPad or anything. Ashley and I both watched it together. We watched it on our living room television uh, upstairs while we ate uh, uh, Baja Fresh, which is just a phenomenal. I tried that. Uh, boy, howdy, was that good? First time I ever had it. It paid off. I like it better than anything but Moe's. Um, but anyways, uh, what'd you think? I I really enjoyed it. I I actually didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. But I guess kudos to was it Alessandro Navala as mm-hmm. Dicky Molasanti. I I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah, he was really, really good. Uh, much better than I would have expected. That's what I'm saying. I wasn't expecting, like, I had this new guy coming in. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of these guys are all new. But it, the, the start of the film, it was good to hear Michael Imperioli. It was just good to hear him as Christopher just kind of be the narrator, just kind of guide you in the film. And he dropped a couple of Sopranos lines on us oh, that, God, were, yeah. that were nice, like little Easter eggs that were really cool. I mean, like he said something about this is my uncle and he's the devil or something like that. Oh, it was yeah. something he and, said you know, in the from, show. Like, beginning and end, like how it, it starts, how it ends. But like, I just love seeing the younger characters of, of everyone. Yeah, I would agree. Now, this movie kind of takes place over two time uh, periods, the 60s and the 70s. I will tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed the seventies and the second half of the movie much more than the first half. I felt like the first half was just a hodgepodge of things happening without a cohesive well, storyline. Well, yeah, well, you know, they're trying to set up so many, all these characters are Dude, trying to see who that so hell to fucking many, but in the seventies, I feel like it all came together really nicely. And I think I liked the film more than the majority. I think the majority said it's just a man movie. I would, I would say the, my only critique or I guess scenes that I, I, I really didn't care for. I'd say I'll just say without like spoilers, I'll just say the beginning of Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta's whole character. I like. I would just say I like the second arc. I like that way more than the first. Um, Same. Um, I just didn't care for either one of the way the ways he's in the movie, and uh, yeah, that was a little disappointing. I would agree with that, and I think you know I I like this movie maybe a notch above the Mac crowd, like probably like a six six point five for me. Like it's it was it was good. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, I think a lot of people have a gripe with the fact that, and this isn't a spoiler because they've said it, this is a Soprano story, not a Tony Soprano story. And I think a lot of people were going into this thinking it was going to be very heavily, heavily, heavily Tony Soprano, Tony Soprano, but it's not. And I, I was he, okay with that. Mike, Michael Gandolfini, you know, uh, is his, his son. He was in it, I would say, like just enough. Like I, yeah. I went in knowing that he wasn't the star of the film, Alessandro Navalli. He was, he was Dick, he was the star. Yep. But, you know, uh, Vera Formiga, she was great. John Bernthal, he was good. The little Joey Diaz was in it as as 
as as Big P's father. Boy, howdy, he was. I'll in just it say for that. Sure. He was. Um, he was know, in it. It, it. it was just seeing every like everyone's younger self of you know even a junior seeing you know seeing like yeah that is that does look like a young junior a little bit but which I find even funnier. David Chase is seventy six years old. He just got signed for a five year deal to HBO. Like what? <laughs> It's almost like we had that as a story in the TV section. Oh, yeah, but I, I just looked up and saw that he's 76 years old. It is crazy. He's going to be making content at, like, uh, Clint Eastwood. No, territory. God, God bless him because he wrote this with uh, Lawrence Connor. So, congrats to both of them for, to, for writing this script. I mean, that, that's awesome. Uh, what I think this do, did and does is open up a kind of a world. I think this this lends itself to a sequel in this universe pretty easily and god michael gandolfini looks like his father he does and i appreciated the scenes he was in it like he wasn't in it forever and he doesn't like because there's a lot of it is young tony before teenage tony and so like you gotta remember he's in there too and i'm not gonna lie dude i enjoyed anytime he was on the screen it was just it was nice it was a little predictable that was the only problem is the ending was was way predictable although it leaves you on a mystery of okay was it who you thought, but I, I thought it was, we know, we know, we know exactly who did it, but I, I well, we know exactly who, who, uh, initiated it. Yeah. I, I want a sequel. I, I want to continue this story. Like you said, I think it set up something with him going to HBO. I don't think it's, I wouldn't be surprised if they turned this into a show. All the saints of Newark. That's the, that's the freaking sequel. Um, yeah, dude, I, I want more because anytime you can get more, mobster stuff sopranos i'm I'm in i'm in i love that world and when people take chances in that genre and uh david chase gave it a shot and i think he didn't like stick the landing but i think it's a good movie i think it's a good mob movie um i I mean solid seven seven two point two my parents came over and as they were leaving i said hey on hbo max if you're looking for a good mob movie you could they never watched sopranos at least i don't think i said go watch many saints of newark and she said oh that doesn't sound like a mom movie. I said, I didn't say mom. I said mob. <laughs> Definitely not a mom movie. Uh, but yeah, it, it did some things that I really liked. It had so many little Easter eggs. And even like uh, when something happens to, to Junior, he goes, ah, your sister's C word. And I was like, dude, he said that like five times in the show. That was his like go-to thing in the show. So it was cool to see uh, that they even did that. And so there's even a picture of Dickie Moltisanti at a certain point that Christopher actually has in the show. So yeah. like that, it was just a really cool cut. Like I'm sure there were, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Easter plot eggs. holes. No, no, no. There are plenty oh. of Easter eggs. I'm sure there are plot holes and consistency errors and stuff like the continuity. Thank you. Errors and stuff like that. But I didn't pick up on a ton. I just enjoyed a lot of the Easter eggs. And to me, it was a, a film worth seeing. Oh, I did great. It, even the ending, just the, the tone of it. I was like, yeah, I want to dive back in. I want more. Uh, can you say the same thing for Venom? Let there be carnage, Sam. Let's hear your impressions. Oh my God. I, I mean, hey, I, I went in with expectations low. You know, I, I I kind of expected what I saw, but you know, there's a couple things that you know when it's it's not great. When a 90 minute movie feels long. Oh Jesus. That's when that that's when there's oh okay if if you're like okay Sam that's not fair but okay you know it's not. A good movie when you say the last, the end, twenty two seconds is the best part of the film. Oh Jesus! And you're like, ah, is, is that the end credit scene, or yes. just like the actual ending to the film? That's no the that. So it, it ends. They give you a little bit of credits, and then bam, there's a scene. So you don't have to wait till the very end. But there's that little bit of that little scene. You're like, 
Yes. Okay. That's that's fine. Like finally, that's cool. I have not gotten this spoiled for me, but this is the like. Well, I've heard some negative things, but I I thought that you might like this. I mean, I hear a lot of people saying I, like it's fine. One one thing off the bat, like I I thought, uh, like I don't know, Carnage. Like he, he had his moments where he looked cool, but there's some moments where the CGI just didn't look good, and I, his color looked dull. Mm-hmm. I, I know, said I looked, we said that in the trailer. He could have been more red. Yeah, he could have popped exactly, more. and. He, he's called, I don't know, the comics, he's like a, a darker shade of red. I, I, so I'm in the movie, I, I, I can't see you, but these LED lights, you're trying to save money. <laughs> I, 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 the, the back and forth between, you know, Eddie and Venom, yes, it had some funny parts. Yes, it had some stuff that, that flopped. I, I, I don't know if, if, like, I've said to a few people in the, the comic book fiend club that, I, was like, I don't know if that's not the, the Venom, I guess, that I read in comics or the Venom that I know. Like, that's like the, the movie version of Venom. It's That's not Eddie Brock. It's like a different version. That's allowed to exist, though, right? Yeah, like, no, it, it is. But it did, like Woody Harrelson, he's, he's a great actor. I wouldn't say he I wouldn't necessarily say he delivered. as. Oh, part. wow. I've heard the opposite. I've heard he was very good. I, I, I it's tough to, to see, I guess, to see me look at Woody in the hair and and. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I, I it's Woody. Stephen Graham's in it. You know him if you watch Boardwalk. He's he, he. I feel like he's been in everything lately. He he kind of will continue the line if you know, um, about the symbiotes of of what comes. I didn't really care for Shriek. I know they had the storyline. I mean, I, I I guess it was okay. It, it just I don't know. I don't. There's something about it. It just like I was even telling the guys like I don't even know how to word it like it just something just felt like i don't know like this this movie to me is, is a one and done wow I, I don't think i'll ever probably watch this again in life well <laughs> even though it's only 90 minutes it's not a it's not every day we only get a 90 minute comic book movie nowadays man and, but again even hours. even like I, I i still go support it paid paid money went to the movies you know but imax oh just just regular just just, just regular. to go in but it, you but you know what's bad when the end credit scene's better than the whole movie. You didn't see it in IMAX, though. You saw it regular, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just making but sure. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I'm glad I just went in with low expectations. I, I guess you, you, you want it to be better. I, I think the third one, they, they, they should find their footing. But I feel like they're, they're getting where the, the back and forth. The, it, the, watch Ryan Aries' video. It, it's basically like he said it, it was like a, a knack for like a Spider-Man two. Like almost like literally beat for beat, literally the same thing. And you're like, oh, oh, like you like talk about a movie that's predictable. Go see Venom 2. Let there be carnage. Did when you said Spider-Man 2, do you mean the Raimi one or the Garfield one? Oh, Raimi. OK. With Doc Ock. Yeah. Um, wow. Shocking. Yeah. I- I don't, I, but again, I, I've heard other people say they gave it a seven out of ten, eight out of ten. I mean, great. If you love it, great. Like Venom, of course. You know, out of a hundred and ten million dollar budget, it already made one hundred and thirty worldwide. So of course, it's going to make its money because Venom has has this huge fan base. But hey, I'm just glad to see you know again. Of course, a, a comic book movie do good. We obviously want more of them. This one wasn't my cup of tea. No problem. I'm shocked. I, I'm like I'm. I guess I'm not scratching at the bit anymore to go see it. Like I was really really intrigued by this. I really wanted to maybe, watch. Dude, it. maybe maybe you like Sam. I disagree. I loved it. Now I, I would just tell me what you really enjoyed of it. How, okay, how's this? I guess my last question before we move on. 
how's the relationship between Eddie and, and the symbiote? Like I hear it's the best part of the movie is they're very good with around each other. And is that, does that I, hold up? I just want you to see what happens like to the plot with, with them too. I, I just felt like it got old, but there are times where it's funny. There's times where again, where it just, it just falls flat or it just, to me, it's like, I don't know. That's just not how I, I perceive or the venom that I've read or what I've known to be known as venom. I'm not saying I'm the biggest venom fan in the world, but from the, that, like that, I don't know. The most but, negative review I heard or read on this was a quick Twitter blurb of, I didn't think a 90 minute movie could have so much talking. Is that true? There's well, there's definitely a lot of back and forth, but here's one from Barry Hertz of the globe, the globe and mail. Yeah. Describe the film as ugly, cheap, dumb, not good, dumb, but a throwaway kind of trashy. Nothing like nothingness. Oh my God. A venom Two let there be carnage trailer is currently playing on my TV. <laughs> it's a commercial. But, but, for yeah, Thursday but, this is, but he started praise the film's mid credit scene. There you go. Seems to be the overarching theme is exactly time. like that's what I'm saying. So it's not just me saying that's that was the best part of the movie. They just showed venom in a nightclub with glow sticks. Is that a thing? Yeah. You'll see that. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some things. It's like, what are you doing? What are you guys doing? What are you doing here? How did we get here? In 90 and, minutes. And, 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 and how you get there, and then you're going to have Eddie Brock's going to be like, oh, I'm a detective. Like, I, I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Clearly, you had words. I'm, I appreciate that you got them off your chest. Do you have anything else you want to get off your chest? About no, this I, I mean, okay, go, go support a film. Tell me what you think. If you loved it, like, I know people do love it, and that's awesome. If you love Venom, I'm, I'm you know, I just I just kindly just, it was not it was not for me. We got a bunch of trailers to break down in both TV and movies. Let's start where we go in the movie section. Is uh, the debut trailer for Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. This is the live action Resident Evil reboot film that's sneaking up on us. It's coming out in November of this year to theaters. It got its debut trailer. It was campy. It was a little bit uh, stupid, but a little bit fun at the same time. What did you think? I, I don't know why I thought this was going to be a TV show. Because well, there is a live action. There's a Netflix over at with uh, Wesker and his twin daughters that we still haven't seen. Oh, okay. I was like, man, I was like, I guess I'm, I'm with you. Though. There, uh, there's so Jesus. many projects I, that I you get them. Con- yeah, you get them confused. I'm with you. I get it. Yeah, Ed Goods, Ro- Robbie and Mel's in it. Um, who, who else did I see that was in it? Not a lot of big names. Not a lot of big names. Was it? Uh, I'm going to be taking a drink right now. You're going to hear ice. I'm sorry, everybody. Hey, and and I, I think they're they're mixing basically what Resident Evil, what I believe one and two into into i guess one one movie right which i'm here for i mean the, the obviously everything looked cool the, the special effects the i don't even want, i don't want to call them zombies but they, zombies. they look awesome they're zombies resident evil they call them zombies okay okay i i forgot it. do they call them zombies i don't even remember mm-hmm. this was so, before all the stupid like freakers and just yo, just to be in the mansion though that's cool that's the western cool. mansion yeah, I mean, that's cool. kind of cool like that's like like that was like back in in Carmen's pit. That's what Carmen Machi me like. I I mainly watched them guys play. Like that's where my memory is on Resident Evil like one and two. Yeah, that and like House of the Dead and stuff like that. That was Carmen's basement for sure. Um, this is not a movie I plan on seeing in theaters. But again, a movie that like when it comes out to wherever I don't know HBO Max or Netflix if it's, if it's a so I don't know who's making the movie, but I'll see it eventually for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll get, it's, I don't think I'll jump to it in theaters. Yeah. What about this one, Dragon Ball Super Superhero? It got a trailer as well. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like, 
I, they they changed up the animation. The animation yeah, is looks, not. It, let me just get it out of the way because I'm not a Dragon Ball guy like you. I'll just say I was so unimpressed with this. I just had no yeah. interest. Okay, Zero. so so what I have here: the original series author Akira Toriyama once again provides the original concept, writing the script, including every detail of the dialogue and drawing character designs for the film, changing pre-existing characters to their manga designs rather than those used in the anime. It. It has been said that he's even been more invested in this film than the prior three that he wrote. So, and this kind of takes place when Pan, uh, the uh, daughter of Gohan, she's in kindergarten. Um, so the, I, the just the animation threw me. Um, I don't think they. I think they're probably still in the process of of dubbing in English now. Um, I, of course, I'm going to have to see it because it's, it's Dragon Ball Z. I'm, I'm a nut. Um, it's coming out 2022. It's the 21st Dragon Ball movie. This uh, and the second Dragon Ball Super movie. Um, and what I'm looking was it Goku? Blah, blah. It all looks like Broly is going to be in the movie. Some new characters that they're introducing. I again, I, I'm probably it's going to probably take me a little bit to get used to that new animation style. I mean, Christ, I've been watching Dragon Ball Z for freaking like 30 years. And well, I thought know, Super, I thought Super had a great one. Oh, that's super! I, looked amazing. Everyone did, but the creator, I guess, wanted to change it up. I don't maybe know it's lower is. budget. I, I don't know. Maybe they lost budget, and they said, "Yeah, where we got to sacrifice the thing that's I, the most important." I mean, I mean, no matter what, even if I'm not a huge fan of this animation, I still got you know thirty years, a million episodes to watch, freaking twenty movies to watch prior to this. But I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Maybe it'll grow on me. So we'll see. I need to see more. Two trailers and TV before we go there. Let's just give a quick. Uh, update. Uh, this kind of happened fast. Uh, Black Widow is available now uh, on the regular standard Disney Plus. We didn't know it was going to drop so soon, and it did. So it's yeah, not. She she got she got paid. So it's yeah. on Disney Plus. Yeah, right. That settlement kicked in, and they said, "All right, let's let's put it out there so we can make that settlement money back. Uh, that fat forty million dollars um, must be nice." So yeah, it's available for free. It's not, I shouldn't say free. It's available included with your standard Disney Plus subscription. So if you somehow missed it uh, over the 15 years it was in development, now is your chance to watch it included with your Disney Plus. I'm good. I don't plan on watching it. Maybe the first 10 minutes I liked, but I'm good. See, again, like we always say, support the movie. See, support any comic book movie. We'll see it one time. Just like know. Venom, with Venom Two, you see it once. Okay, there's there's Woody, there's Carnage. Make them darker, change it up. Maybe three will be better. I'm good. I don't actually think I need to recommend every comic book movie. I think this one was. Uh, I I just I just support it just to you know like it, I will I will not be throwing Venom on the pick of the week. You Marvel doesn't need my pick Marvel doesn't need our money. Disney doesn't need our money for this one. And yeah, if, so, so support DC. Come on, <laughs> I'm, Come I'm on good. DC movie. I'm good on this one. Scarlet got paid. We don't have to support it anymore. Like we're good now. We're just paying the executives at this point, so I'm paying them back. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, in TV, we got a first look at the Peacemaker series coming to HBO Max in January of 2022. We got about a minute and ten seconds ish of a clip from the show, not a trailer, a full on clip. John Cena with an eagle in his car pulls up to a that's diner. That's all you need. You you have an eagle in your back seat in, in a muscle car. Sold. And I cannot named, wait to watch this. And it's named Eagly. <laughs> Dude, I this this show is going to be bonkers. I, I think John Cena is going to be hilarious as Peacemaker. It's why are you wearing your costume? It's not a costume. Gotta, not. I gotta loosen it up. Yeah, it's, before it's, the mission, it was it was really good. 
even though it was only a minute, there was characters in there from Suicide Squad, particularly I think one that stuck out. Um, we went yeah. to, we finally saw the full suit for Vigilante, which finally, is awesome. Yep, finally saw the full Vigilante suit. You saw literally an eagle in the backseat of John Cena's Peacemaker car, and it just had the little perfect little touch to say, "All right, all right, January's not too far away." No, yeah. and it's 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 written completely by James Gunn. He directed the first three episodes and six, and the season one finale episode eight. Oh man, I cannot wait! This is gonna be a this is the type of show. That like when we get to the end of 2022 and we do our picks of the year, don't forget it because it would be 11 months old at that point. Like I have so a did feeling. Did you see who's playing John Cena's father? No, Robert Patrick. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to see this show. I'd have loved it if it was like Ric Flair. Like oh my or, god, no, no, or like the Undertaker, just like another old school WWE. Oh, what the Robert Patrick? Come on, man. That it's it's cool. It's cool. SOG. We also got a debut teaser, which kind of dropped out of nowhere for House of the Dragon, the uh, Game of Thrones spinoff around House Targaryen 200 years before the main show. What did you think of this two minute ish, minute and a half? I'm ready to dive head first back into this world. I I need it. It's it's not the same creator for it. It's a completely new team. Same realm, like you said, 200 years sooner. And it's dragons? I'm in. Yo, I'm just going to read the tweet that I wrote about it. For real. I wrote, it feels so good to be hyped for a Game of Mm -hmm. Thrones project again. Cannot wait for House of the Dragon. Short, simple, and to the point. This is a show that, like you said, I am going to dive so head in on, I might land my head on the shallow end of the pool. And and with... (laughs) <laughs> and what's wait. cool about th- with this show, the only one I know going in is Graham McTavish. Yeah. And I see Matt Smith. I've never watched Doctor Who, but Matt Smith's in the show. Yeah, he plays the husband of the main girl when she gets older. So, like, I'm psyched on it because, like, A, it looked just like Game of Thrones. It looked so cool. B, it tells a story that I'm interested in. C, uh, it's not Weiss and Benioff. So I'm in. I hate those dudes. They ruined my favorite show ever and made it a show I won't ever think about again. But like for me to be excited to dive back into this universe after the shit fest that was season seven and eight of Game of Thrones, I am ready. I'm here for it. I cannot wait. 2022 is so loaded from a TV, movies, gaming, music standpoint, all of it. I'm just so excited. And this is right up there at the top of the list for me for things I just cannot wait for. Dude, 2022 is going to... Jesus Christ. When You said it really well, and then we'll move on. I just want to point out, like, you will not, unless you're deep into Game of Thrones, you will not recognize these characters. You will not recognize these actors. What I would recommend is either Emergency Awesome or another really good recap YouTuber, Pete Peppers, he does like Dexter and For All Mankind and Foundation. He does really good work too. They both broke down the trailer and will give you a lot of information on who the characters are, why they are where they are, what this symbolism is, and it'll give you a really good like, oh, that's what that is? Let me get hyped. So I would recommend going on YouTube, Emergency Awesome or Pete Peppers, and checking out the 10 to 13 minute breakdown that they do for this trailer. It's really good. Okay, and it's 10 episodes in the first season. Cool. Yeah, 10 episodes. Yep, yep. So definitely excited for that. Uh, Agatha is getting her own spinoff series. That's right, from WandaVision on Disney Plus starring Katherine Hahn. She'll be back to reprise the role. I, I, for me, me personally, it was my least favorite of the new Disney Plus shows. I really, It's still my favorite for the record. 
I I really don't care. I mean, again, I'll still watch it because I know it's going to tie into something. So I'll I'll watch it. Hopefully, you know, maybe it'll give it another shot. But uh, uh, whatever, just another show that probably we didn't need. It's being positioned. I agree, we don't need it. But it's be- it's being positioned as a dark comedy. Catherine Hahn's really good, really really good. So if anybody can carry this type of show, it's her. To me, it's all about the setting. Is this going to be back when she was a witch in Salem? That would be awesome. Is it going to be now? Uh, not so awesome. Like, we don't need it. If I was gonna, but I, I think that if you're going to keep her, you want to push the story forward. I, I think you you don't want to just tell us a backstory, do you? I mean, they did it. I, yeah, I got Widow. it. I got it in, in the five minute witch trials. They, I got they did it. it with Black Widow. Do we need it? Yeah, we but we Black got Widow? her in the movies. Like, they did, they threw her a bone because they, they should have had a movie sooner. That, But that's irrelevant. They still did it. I hear you. There's I precedent. You. There's precedent. So, like, Oopsie, I dropped an entire thing of water on, there it goes. on a couch. That's not good. Um, they did it. So, <sighs> fuck it. Um, you know, again, I'm with you. I don't think we need this. And yeah. I liked it. I thought she was the rare character that as she was on the screen, she got worse. Like, I liked it when there was mystery around her character. And then when it was revealed who she was, I was like, great. Like, can we move the next? On? Like, next, I'm ready yeah. to be over. Next. I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't think this show is necessary. I need to know the time period. I need to know, like, the context. And then I'll potentially give it a shot. But this is, dude, I haven't seen a single second of what if after the first episode. I don't care. And I won't. I don't give a shit. So, like, I am not. Um, above skipping an MCU show just because I'm just I'm tired, so I'm not I'm not, <laughs> I'm not there. I'm, tired. I'm just so tired. <laughs> you alluded to it earlier. We'll touch on it quickly. David Chase has signed a five year deal with Warner Brothers to produce exclusive first look content for HBO slash HBO Max. Does this mean we get maybe a Sopranos like you said? Maybe a Many Saints gets into a TV series here instead of a movie. Yeah, and I, I could totally see that make make a show of a younger Tony. I, I think people would be down for that. Fuck just to yeah, kind of still too. say somewhere in, in that realm. And like a 20-year-old Tony. We got teenage. We got dad. What about in between? How did he get into the biz? How did he break in? Like, what was his first hit? Let's find out all that. I'm good with a Tony. If you called it Tony, I'm good. Like, make yeah. it Tony Soprano-centric. Use Michael Gandolfini. And let's see him as a teen slash 20-something. Yeah, it, like it literally ended perfectly how how it ended that it's going to be his rise. Pick so, it up where many saints left off. That's Pick exactly left. what I'm saying. So start the rise. Put it like literally put it the rise of Tony Soprano. Like there, there's your title right there. Send me send me the check in the mail. What what I hope he doesn't do is like make other stuff. Like I'm just I don't know. Nah, I, I think he knows that what he had was something special, and then he, to hear Joey Davis on his podcast kind of talk about it and. Just loving every bit of it. Everyone had a great time. And, and hearing, you know, uh, was it um, Ver- Vera Formiga? She said that she would love to do a sequel, to love to go back in that role. So it's good to hear that everyone had a great time and wants to do more. Yeah, Vera Formiga doesn't look like Vera Formiga. They did a really good job yeah, making her look like the mom. Live, live it, makes you do- it makes you double guess. Like, holy, then you look at her like, damn it. Yeah, okay. She looked exactly like Edie Falco. Like she looked exactly like the mom from the Supreme. Yeah, so I'm saying it, it, it'll confuse you a little bit. You got to take it like you double guess a little bit. Okay, you're like, oh, I can't get him confused here. Yeah. So again, we'll see what Chase does. Maybe he does something that's not gangster related at all. Who who knows at this point? But uh, five years, first look to HBO, HBO Max. You know, more content. Really can't complain there. Our final story before Sam hits us with his CGC TCG spotlight of the week. 
Pokemon is going to Universal Studios starting next year. See, to me, like, I would think they should have did this first, I feel like. I don't know. I think I'd rather see Pokemon than Mario. Well, that's that's you. I mean, yeah. they did. It's Remember, it's not called Super Mario World. It's called Super Nintendo World. And they're doing the Donkey Kong thing. There's a rumored Legend of Zelda thing. Like part Make of the everyone's product. their own world. You already got freaking. Uh, and so, like, I don't know if this is going to be a world or if this is going to be like little attractions around the park. Like, oh, there's a little Pikachu thing that popped up by the. I think it's going to be a world. I, I don't know. I, I, from what I heard on, sadly, I listened to a theme park podcast. Um, and from what I heard, they have. He said, "Sadly, <laughs> it's whatever, dude. It's sad." Uh, it's like called like '90s theme parks or something. I can't remember. Mike Minotti's show. He's he's great. Um, Tolcado on Twitter. He, uh, from what I heard, at least in Orlando, there's like a kids section that's like really outdated. It's got like Fivel and like Barney and shit that nobody cares about anymore. That is just kind of withering away. And like you could take that, and since it's a kids section, just kind of Pokemon fi it. <laughs> like I don't know how you could do Poke Pokefy it. And make it a thing and like just wash away the past and just make it a Pokemon world. And obviously I'm down for that. That'd be awesome. But I also wouldn't mind it if they just kind of took over the park everywhere, like little hints everywhere. That way I don't got to sit in a two hour line to see a Pikachu ride. I can just kind of all over the place kind of get a fix. And that. so either way, I'm excited and I'm happy, but it starts next year, which is wild. I think it's only a matter of time. This is Japan, by the way. Um, it's only a matter of time till this stuff comes stateside. So I'm good that I don't got to jump on a plane to Japan. I'll just kind of wait five years and I'll get my fix at that point. What do you think? Is this something that you would get on a plane and go see? I mean, or? I would love to go to Japan, but right now that that flight is too expensive. It just it's just not right. That's I'm, not the move right now. But like you said, <laughs> if it comes to the States, that's a different story. That is a different story. Indeed, Sam, bring us home with your CGC TCG Spotlight of the Week. Okay, so I think it was like last week CGC posted that they finally caught up on their that their their trading card backlog because everyone knows that they've been backed up for months. Everyone's pissed that it, it's taken over like two, three, four months more than that to get some of your cards back. Mine are slowly starting to trickle in after being there two, three, four months. I'm, I'm not pissed. I'm I, I I know that I know the thing. Everyone said it in comics, games, cards. I get it. So I'm patient. Like you said, once you send it, just forget about it. You'll be happy when they show up. So I finally got my Charizard VMAX from Champion's Path, the secret rainbow rare. It is 74 out of 73 in the pack is the secret rare. The overall grade is a mint nine. So right now I have basically all my Charizards are nine. So thank God my OCD is in check that they're thankfully getting this grade. Hit the centering with an 8.5, surface 9.5, corners 9, edges 9.5. God knows gr- grading's been tough. You know, PSA, they don't give out the 10s like they used to. I was just watching uh, Ken Golden of uh, Golden Auction just went live, and he I think he sent in two uh, Derek Jeter like prism cards to PSA and two, I think it was to Beckett. And I think the PSA gave him a 6 and a 7, and I think he got an 8 and 9 at Beckett, and he was and he was. He was upset because the cards, they look mint condition. So I, I don't know what they found. And um, PSA doesn't do subgrades like CGC. Again, I go to CGC because I like the subgrades. I know that they are the professionals of that. I know PSA does their professionals, but I like knowing what I got doc, get docked for. I always I always say that. It's the truth. 
So he's looking at a card that's a six. It looks like a mint, and he's frustrated. And that's some of the game where you get a grade back, whether it's comics, cards. That's six. You might crack it, send it to a different place. Maybe back it'll give him an eight or nine. Obviously, that's you'll definitely get a way bigger return investment. But now with Pokemon blowing up, there's a million copies friggin' printed now. There's 9,405 copies of this card on PSA's pop report. Still waiting on CGC's TCG pop report. So I'm still go, go, going by PSA's. I'm just going to give you just the 8, 9, and 10s. There's 247 8s, 2,121 9s, and 6,932 10s. And I feel like, again, this is 2020. I feel like this is like right as it was blowing up to what it was. I feel like then PSAs were giving out 10s. Now CGC kind of came along and, and put their kind of quality to the like to the test. And I felt like they had up their standards. And now they're not giving out that. Now people are getting pissed when they're sending their grades in, thinking they have nines or tens or whatever, and they get sixes, sevens are getting pissed. So I, I just like when people just kind of keep you honest. I, I always went with CGC. I prefer their cases. I think they look better. I like the label. They look clean. I like the subgrades. It's sturdy. There's a little barcode on the back, so if you put your camera to it, look at it, it'll take you right to the page, tell you, know that this is the right card and it's not a counterfeit or nothing like that. So, the CGC Spotlight with Charizard VMAX, Secret Rainbow Rare from Champion's Path. From CGC and PSA and Beckett, like, what? take personal kind of bias out of it. Which do you think of those holds the most weight overall in the community? Because I always thought it was PSA. Kind of, if you showed me three base set Charizards and they were all graded ten, I always kind of figured the PSA one would kind of fetch the biggest. I would say, I would say that because that's what most sports cards are. Because PSA has been around for so long, I would still say the Beckett ten, the black label. That's like the no, that's like the known grail. Like that's preferred. Like, yeah, let's that's like that Amex black card. Like gold exactly. will get your, exactly. you know You're, what? It's, it's the next tier. Like so, you need everything to be a ten to get that pristine. Yeah. So, but like if. If CGC wasn't involved, I would go to Beckett because they do give you the subgrades. I like their cases better. I don't like PSA's card cases. I think it's dull. It's plain. I, I feel like the cases are, 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 are flimsy. I thought I can just snap it into uh, CGC's are a little sturdier, and I like Beckett's a lot too. Cool. Uh, yeah, that was, dude, I love it when we have a boatload of shit to talk about and get it done sub hour 20. That's just, that's just. I love Priceless. it. Chef's kiss. Mwah. We're getting better, people. It only took five years. Again, support <laughs> us on Patreon. Link in the description. Patreon.com slash WePodSquad. Thank you. Uh, or uh, 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 just thanks for listening. Uh, everybody, that was episode 254. Next week, 255. We're going to have Metroid Dread impressions, Switch OLED impressions. So much stuff to talk about. Then the week after that, oh, yeah, DC Fandom. So be excited for that. We're going to do a complete breakdown. Batman. Justice League kills Suicide Squad, or flip that. Uh, Freaking probably Gotham Knights, probably Black Adam. Like, we cannot wait to recap DC Fandom, but we'll do that in two weeks. Anyway, next week, see you later. Episode 255. Fuck you, AMC, for 30 minutes of previews.